I'm Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. This weekend was BJJ Stars 8 and it was the middleweight Grand Prix and it also featured Damian Maya's return to Jiu-Jitsu competition for the first time in like a decade. I'm going to talk about the event and the UFC fight night that was also this weekend plus the Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury thing. But first, if you watched the BJJ Stars event, you may have been just as annoyed as I was when not once, but two times, someone tapped because of an injury, but not because of a submission. It happened first in the match between Leonardo Lara and Wallace and Oliveira, where Lara seemed injured, tapped due to the injury, got checked out, and then continues the match, and then went on to win. Taps, then later wins the match. I thought it was about to happen a second time in the match between Mika Galvo and Mauricio Oliveira. At least in the Mika Galvo match, they didn't keep going after the doctor checked it out and Mika was the winner. But once the timeout was called again, I started to get pre-annoyed at what I thought was going to happen again. You may remember that something like this already happened previously when Leandro Lowe was fighting Muhammad Ali at Worlds and Leandro's shoulder dislocated. The non-tap tap to get the injury looked at. This is the stupidest rule in jiu-jitsu. The idea that you can tap due to injury, but the match isn't over and you could still go on to win after having tapped. Isn't every non-choke submission a tap due to injury? Like if I get armbarred, can I tap and say, I'm injured and that's why I tapped, so have the doctor look at me and then the match should keep going. A tap for any reason in a jiu-jitsu match should mean the person who taps loses. Outside of that, we get into this weird gray area that makes no sense. Controversy aside, the Grand Prix was a lot of fun and Mika Galvo beat both Leandro Lowe and the aforementioned injury win over Oliveira to set up his finals match against Lucas Hulk Barbosa where Mika Galvo hit a late bow and arrow choke to win the match and the tournament. It was a very impressive performance from an 18 year old. He's 18, 18 years old, and he's beating world champions at the top of the sport. Unreal. The BJJ Stars event also featured the match that I was most looking forward to, Damian Maya versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira in a Nogi match, and it took Damian Maya about two and a half minutes to tap Oliveira with a triangle. Fortunately for you, I just put out a Damian Maya highlight video, which can be found on YouTube via the link in the description below. You can also find the video version of every episode of this show on YouTube, plus things that don't really work audio only, like technique breakdowns and match highlights, so it's worth giving the YouTube page a look and subscribing. Moving right along. I really, really, really want to see more of Damian Maya competing in jiu-jitsu matches. I'd love to see guys like him who are at the end or near the end of their MMA careers return to jiu-jitsu competition. I also like seeing guys who are still fighting compete, like when Phil Rowe did that exhibition match against Gordon Ryan. I think those matches are a lot of fun and they help bring in a new audience. There are people who like MMA but don't watch pure grappling matches, but they will tune in if Damian Maya or the Diaz brothers or Khabib or BJ Penn would compete. Those guys should have matches for their sake, but also for the sake of the sport and obviously mostly just because I want to see them. Also this weekend, we had a UFC fight night. UFC fight night Font vs. Vera was this weekend and there were some great fights and fun highlights, but like a lot of events recently, the card wasn't super deep. 
Now I know what you're saying, stop complaining about free fights. And you're right, I I love fights. I'd rather have fights on to watch than no fights to watch. But that being said, UFC Vegas 53 was headlined by Rob Font versus Marlon Chito Vera. And outside of the main event, there wasn't another ranked fighter on the card. I have previously discussed how the UFC rankings don't matter and they are handled really stupidly. And I stand by that assessment. But having only two fighters on an entire card be ranked in the top 15 is pretty weak. It makes it seem like these fights don't have much importance in their division. Even the main event, Cheeto put on a great performance and he should move up the ranks and likely be inside the top five, but he's still probably three, maybe four fights away from getting a title shot. Is the UFC oversaturating us with fights? Is the need for putting on fight cards every weekend watering down the product? Right now, we're in the middle of a stretch where 14 out of 15 weekends, there's a pay-per-view or a fight card. I think there are two sides to this. On one side, you could say that if there are constantly fights on, it gives fight nerds like me something to watch, which I do appreciate. But it also exposes a not usual fight fan market to fights more frequently. You'll bring in viewers who otherwise don't watch fights because they're looking for something to watch and they settle on the UFC. I'm sure it happens and I'm sure they bring in new fans. The other side of that argument is that if you're constantly putting on fights, that means the cards get watered down and who is going to watch fights 14 out of 15 weeks? I mean, me, I will, and crazy fans will too, but people in the area between non-fan and crazy fan will probably save their viewing time for bigger events, and they'll skip on these fight night cards. I am not a fight promoter. Trying to put on cards all the time and doing matchmaking seems like a nightmare. I'm glad that all of these cards mean there's more opportunity for fighters to compete and therefore get paid. And what is crazy is that it always seems like the bad cards or the weak cards always turn out to be amazing with incredible fights, which is a big part of the reason why I watch everything I can because you just can never tell just by who's on the card how good or bad the fights will be. But maybe, UFC, don't make me feel guilty if I can't watch a card because it's been on for two straight months with an event every single weekend. Sometimes you can't just watch a card. Sometimes you have other things in your life. It is weird, though. There's like hundreds of football games each year, and we don't ask if football is oversaturated. But for some reason, it's just different with fights. That might be because each fight card is like five or six hours long from start to finish and sometimes they don't end until like two in the morning on the east coast so maybe that's why. Maybe we can find some middle ground, maybe two pay-per-views a month and just one fight night. I just think it's better if people can be invested in a card when there's people fighting that A, they're familiar with and B, the fights will have a direct impact on the division. While we're talking about the UFC, the likelihood of a mega fight between Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou has gone from no chance that ever happens to I think this could actually happen now. And in case you missed it, when Tyson Fury beat Dylan White recently, Francis Ngannou was not only ringside, but ended up in the ring after the fight with Tyson Fury. But at this point, Francis Ngannou shouldn't just want a fight against Tyson Fury, he needs a fight against Tyson Fury. Francis Ngannou absolutely needs Tyson Fury. The reason we all say Francis did not make enough in his last fight is because we know Tyson Fury made like $30 million to fight Dylan White and Francis Ngannou made 600 k to fight Cyril Gaon. 
if that $30 million payday wasn't out there for direct comparison, we wouldn't be so aware that Francis Ngannou is not getting paid enough. Francis needs Tyson Fury to make that huge payday that, in my opinion, he deserves. And so long as boxing exists and boxing paydays exist, MMA fighters will always look to boxing for a chance at a truly life-changing paycheck. If you're fighting and you want to make money and you want to set yourself up for the rest of your life, the goal has to have shifted from being a UFC champion to being big enough of a name that you can get recognition in the world of boxing and a cross-sport matchup. You need a fight against someone who is going to pay you a huge payday. Kamara Usman just learned the hard way that Canelo Alvarez isn't at all interested in fighting him, even though Usman was trying to get that fight. And Usman is considered by many the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world right now. And yes, Usman can say it's because he wants the challenge and to prove that he can hang with the best boxer in the world. He can't. But he can say that all he wants. He wants the money. The, the money is the whole reason that he would want that fight. Conor vs. Floyd, for the circus that it was, it showed us all that one, it is possible to get a fight slash payday in boxing with zero pro boxing fights, and two, you'll never make in the UFC what you can make in boxing. Conor came back to the UFC as one of the biggest stars in the world in all of sports after he fought Floyd Mayweather, and he fought for like 10% of what he made in the Floyd fight. As long as boxing stars are making $30 million a fight and the UFC heavyweight champion of the world is making $600K, UFC fighters will always want to go to boxing to get their actual worth. But in Francis Ngannou's case, I think it's even more than that. Francis needs Tyson for more than just the purse. Right now, Francis's name is linked to Tyson Fury. This is the fight that people are talking about and this is where everyone's interest is. If Francis signs a new deal with the UFC and he never boxes Tyson, is there anyone in the UFC heavyweight division you're as excited to see Francis fight as you would be to see him fight Tyson Fury? And you can stop yourself from saying John Jones since John's been saying for like, I don't know, 1,000 years that he's preparing to move to heavyweight to fight, but at this point, there's still nothing booked for him. Tai Tuivasa could be a fun fight for Francis, but I really don't think that fight would be super close. And no disrespect to Tai Tuivasa at all, because I am a big fan. I really enjoy watching him fight. But Tai Tuivasa is not going to pull the eyeballs on Francis the way Tyson Fury would. Will? Maybe? I hope it happens. If you're hearing this, that means you made it to the end of a long episode talking about a lot of different things. So thank you very much for hanging out with me, even if you disagree with every opinion that I just said. I have a few episodes coming out shortly, a couple interviews that I think came out really well, and I'm excited for you to hear them. So please stay tuned for those. If you want to listen to those interviews and every episode we do early, make sure you check out Patreon which I linked to below in the description to this episode. On Patreon, you can get early access to episode and every episode is ad-free, so please check it out. Thanks again for listening and I will see you all next time.